Hello and welcome to the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Ashley. Last time we did our first ever movie episode focusing on Rugrats in Paris. We also put out our Twitter poll asking which couple from the movie you ship the hardest. Chaz and Kira won the poll. And Spike and Fifi are uh, the, the dog B, C, or maybe even D plot of the film. Came in a close second. <laughs> Uh, Grandpa Lou and Lulu only got 6% of the vote, which made me very sad, because I think they're adorable. I think they're adorable. I think it's just that they're only really there at the very beginning of the movie, and right. people probably forgot about them, but let's let's not forget them, guys. They're still, they're still an adorable they're couple. They're great. They're great. Anyways, this time we're doing a back-to-school episode. We have episodes from Rocket Power, SpongeBob, and Hey Arnold. Now, let's get started. Our first back-to-school episode is from Rocket Power, and it's called Mr. B is in the House from Season 2, Episode 5. In this one, we are joined with the whole Rocket Crew gang. They're going back to school. And uh, Twister and Otto find out that their teacher is also their skateboard coach, Mr. B. Yeah, so this was an interesting episode of Rocket Power because we see them, you know, going to school for once. School is so not a part of their social lives, their regular lives. They they want to be on the beach. It feels like an endless summer. So seeing them in school is uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things, maybe they just got the complaint too many times or maybe like people were like, do these kids go to school? And maybe maybe they should, you know, one time be in a classroom, kind of. Right. Yeah, exactly. So they, uh... I also, I, uh, personally just, I'm, just went back to school this week, and I, I felt for the man, like, there was Reg, she said, so long, Summer, I miss you already. Somebody says, we're going to school, not prison, with the response of, what's the difference? It just, it just hit home with me. I know, Casey, you're out of that school life, but... Felt really appropriate. I'm sure a lot of you guys listening to will be going back to school and know the struggle of that first morning. You've got to wake up early and go back to class. It's tough. And starting, uh, I'm currently in the Caribbean. We're we're international once again on this podcast, and I too am dreading the start. Excited, but also dreading the start of you know working for money to pay rent. That's it's not fun, and neither is school, as the Rocket Kids know very well. So they find out that they have a new teacher, and Twister is worried that he might... Uh, this is a direct quote. Twister is worried that he might make me... Dramatic pause. Pay attention! And then a, gra- and a classic Rocket Power graphic comes up that says, Pay attention, and the words are shaking. It's a classic Rocket Power moment right there. Beautiful. It also just goes to show more of, you know, Twister's completely ridiculous hating of school thing. But even though they show them in school, they're really not encouraging great students here, you know? They they don't pay attention in class, apparently. They don't really seem to care much about school as a concept. But they're all pretty worried about 
who their teacher is going to be. They walk in, and in walks Conroy, their, their skateboard coach, and they're pretty thrilled. I guess it's, you know, you'll, you'll see these kinds of situations happen a lot where somebody is a friend, but then they're also in some way a superior to right. their friend. And it always creates drama in real life and in TV shows. It's an awkward situation all around. And I immediately had a gut impulse that this was going to go downhill. Just like when Tito took care of the Rocket Kids uh, a few episodes ago on our show. It's like they think it'll be really awesome and cool, but it'll really just be a matter of tension. And as we'll see, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. And honestly, in, in this case, I would say in the other case, Tito was probably holding on too strong. In this case... I would say uh, Mr. B, or Conroy, whatever you want to call him, uh, has pretty reasonable expectations for them. Yep. But they seem to think that they shouldn't have to do any homework, and that they don't really have to care about going to class on time, because he's, you know, he's such a chill guy, he's our skateboard coach, I don't need to go to class, and they really take advantage of him. Yeah, it's, uh, we'll see this theme later in our Hey Arnold episode, too, of the teacher that the kids take advantage of either because they can't really take control of their classroom, but also because there's a whole weird added element in this show of him, you know, being their friend and they have certain expectations of him that are completely unfair, but they're kids. So I get how they could see that he'll help them out, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think it's fair to, you know, they're just excited to see that it's like their friend or their, I guess, coach or whatever being their teacher and they're used to school being this miserable place and they just think well you know learning sucks so we're not gonna have to do that anymore not recognizing that you know he's still a teacher you still have to go to school to become a teacher he mentions that he went back to get his you know graduate degree and so you know he deserves some respect in that regard and I think again because they're kids they don't really understand the amount of effort that he puts in and that this is something he's trying to take seriously. Yeah, and he, he does handle things very professionally with them, and he ha- he calls them aside and says, you know, things have got to improve. You can't keep calling me Mr. You can't keep calling me Conroy. you got to call me Mr. Mister B. And uh, Otto says, okay, got it, Mr. B. Like, we hear you loud and clear because he says they don't need any... They are, he, he can't give them any special treatment. And Otto goes, oh, special treatment. We read you loud and clear, Mr. B. And it's immediate, like, oh, Otto, no, what, what are you doing? You're missing the point here. Yeah, he seems to think he just doesn't want the other kids to think they're getting special right. treatment. Right. But that wasn't really what Conroy was getting at. And he ends up calling it out, and I think... Um, Otto says something along the lines of, like, what happened to the cool Conroy that I know? And he responds with, he got taken advantage by some friends of his. Oh. Very sad. Which I really feel for him, you know? He's he's doing his best. Right. So, can we get into how this episode resolves, then? Yeah, sure. So, it's actually a really great ending. Mr. B realizes that, you know, the kids, they're from the Southern California area. They love skateboarding. They love surfing. And he's, you know, a skateboarder as well. So, he works in, for their physics lesson, uh, some outdoor hands-on physics learning using Otto and Twister. 
uh, skateboarding and showing them physics phenomenon. So that was really cute. Although I do have one issue with this. They're totally getting special treatment through this, you know? Imagine if a teacher was like, well, I've been giving the, the, I've been giving unfair special treatment to the football team. So what we're going to do is go outside and they're going to play football and we're going to watch and learn from them. It just seems a little, it's a, it's yeah. a good solution. I think a little misguided, but it is, it is adorable. I, I feel you on that. There, there were a couple of other students skating. Yeah. I think. So I guess maybe we're just supposed to assume that all the students are interested in this. Right. And it just so happens that they're better at skating yeah. than the rest of the team. But, you know, I guess he doesn't want to give them an academic advantage right. at the very least. Right. And, I mean, all of them would rather be outside watching people skate than in a classroom anyway. You know, I would. Yeah. So I, I did still like, too, that they both, Otto and Twister, do admit to their mistakes. And they, they do. They like, we've been acting like jerks. They make up all of their missed homework. So they they do have, and I feel like Rocket Power does this a lot, where they have to kind of swallow their pride and come back and admit we were wrong. And I like that about the show. I do too, and it it's a regular theme, like you said, and it's it's nice to see kids who you, they get pretty hot headed and they get intense and they get really into the things that they do, but they're they're good people at the end of the day, and they always come around. Absolutely. I think that about sums it up for me. Anything else you wanted to add? No, I'm good. All right, next up, we will be talking about Spongebob. Our next episode is from Spongebob. It's entitled New Student Starfish from Season 3, Episode 13. This is a classic Spongebob episode in which Patrick goes over to Spongebob's looking to play and Spongebob is going off to school. So Patrick, uh, with nothing better to do, apparently, enrolls in boating school along with Spongebob in some wacky hijinks involving an egg and noodle stars and uh, the beloved Mrs. Puff happen in this episode. So I want to say right off the bat, this is one of my favorite episodes, and it was such a joy to revisit this one for the purpose of the podcast. Yeah, I, I feel like I say this a lot, but... A lot of times watching these Spongebob episodes, these classic ones, these first three seasons for me really hit it home where I forget how many good lines there are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And to start I off... jam-packed every line. Um, I, I'm pretty sure this is the one that started out, kind of mentioned in my notes, uh, where Spongebob says he's going off to school and then Patrick's like, well, what am I supposed to do while you're gone? And... SpongeBob says, well, what do you normally do when I go? He's like, wait for you to get back. <laughs> and I know my, um, me and my roommate always send each other that image anytime one of us has a class and the other one doesn't. <laughs> we'll do the same thing. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, it starts right away with some great lines, with that one and some others. So SpongeBob takes Patrick to boating school and uh, Spongebob says, here it is, the blah, 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 great the hall of learning. And Patrick says, and no line. <laughs> like, just the idea that he would expect, like, he knows nothing about school, and he would expect there to be, like, a line, like a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Spongebob is hyping this up pretty high, you know? Yeah. And Patrick basically just takes his word on it that this is going to be the time of his life. Yep. 
And then I, I also like he shows him all these different things, and then he's like, you know, this is the drinking fountain of of learning. This is the, I don't know, the lockers of learning. And then Patrick goes over and he's like, and these are the stairs of learning, right? And SpongeBob's like, no, those are just the stairs. These are the stairs of learning. <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff. Great ridiculous Spongebob logic. Yep. Spongebob humor at its best. Smart and stupid at the same time. I don't know how they do it. And watching this episode, I quickly realize just how much Spongebob sucks. (laughs) Like, as a, not as a character, but as like, like, I'm a huge nerd and even I wanted to punch him this entire episode. It's like, come on. They get (laughs) class at 6 20 and then <laughs> it Patrick starts like, at 10 start? nine nine. <laughs> you just it's wanted to get the fun. best seat it's boating school too you know like he's not not that you don't learn in like driving school but you're not learning learning you know what I mean? right it's task oriented for sure and like if you showed up at 8 50 i'll bet he'd still have that front seat i doubt there's anyone else showing up 20 minutes early you know <laughs> no it's ridiculous and of course, he, he brings up the classic good noodle board. And I, I had something that, I don't know why I've never noticed this before, but he's like talking about all the different things that you can get him for. And he says something about like, you know, not that the number of stars matters, even though I have 784. <laughs> he does not have 74. He has 25. I counted them. Oh, you really did count. <laughs> I went back and double checked 20, because it was nowhere near 74, you know, like, you can tell. Maybe each star is worth 74 over 25. I, it's a stretch. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Spongebob just, like, has to, like, take them back off and put them on because he has so many. That could be, or he has, like, a separate board somewhere. They would have talked maybe about that, though. the animators were just lazy and didn't feel like making 74 stars. I don't know. That's probably it. That's probably it. Because I literally, I never even thought about it. And then, for some reason, this time, this watch It's not even close. In classic Sheila, I don't know who Sheila is, but she's only got one star on that board, which is pretty sad. I mean, to be fair, who wants to be a tryhard and a good noodle in a driving class? That's so true. Also, maybe Spongebob just has a bunch more stars because he's been here how many years now? Right, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, he's lapping them because he's been there for so long. Yeah, I love the I do love the idea that SpongeBob is a great student, like obsessed with learning, but still a terrible driver. It's very uh what's the the Greek I'm giving this way too much academic weight, but it's like Sisyphus, the Greek myth who's pushing the boulder up the hill and it keeps rolling down at the end. He's trying so hard, but he's just terrible at driving. Yeah, I, we we see that theme come up time and time again. That's a good one. And I love how lax Bikini Bottom school systems clearly are. That Patrick can just show up and no registration or anything and the teacher will go, Well, we have a new student today. Like, it's a summer camp that you can just show up for. Yeah. In the middle of a session. (laughs) It's also another great line that comes up. uh, Mrs. Puff is like, Oh, there's a new student. Like, what's your name? And Patrick's just like, Who's the fat kid talking to? <laughs> die. The Seriously, just fat die. kid. 
Oh, man. Yeah, that got a big old belly laugh out of me when we watched that. I couldn't believe... I, I mean, I knew that line was there, but when you really think about how out of line that is and how out of control Patrick is... <laughs> yeah, Patrick just has no filter. You know, he's just like a stream of consciousness, consciousness kind of speaker. I do love... They also The classmates start chuckling at Patrick and his, you know, folly... And Patrick goes, why, Spongebob, why are they laughing? And he says, I guess it's just in the timing. <laughs> it's so great. I don't know why. I just love that. I, you know, and I like to, it's, it's not like uh, Spongebob's trying to reassure him out of any kind of, you know, feeling bad for him. He just genuinely doesn't get it. <laughs> yep. They have no sense of these, like, normal social cues, and it's just, it's just, you know... They're so socially awkward, yeah. And then let's talk about the big fat meanie drawing, too. Oh, God. Also, I don't know why Patrick does this. Mrs. Puff's done nothing to him. But he draws this picture of Mrs. Puff looking, like, terrible. Her tongue out. Her eyes too far apart. Poop in the corner. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's like an arrow pointing it to it. Like, <laughs> and, you know, Spongebob gets caught with it. And she she's like, as if I really looked like this. And she turns into a tentacle into the drawing that he makes. That's what's... A big fat meanie. That's what's so great about cartoons and why I'll never stop loving them, is they can do stuff like that, and you don't ask why, you know? Mrs. Puff just turns into the drawing that <laughs> Patrick has, and you couldn't do that with a live show. It's great. Yeah, it's definitely no limitations and no uh, no end to the creativity. And Obviously, so, we're huge cartoon fans, but right. I think that's one of the many reasons they hold up so well. So, I, Spongebob, the theme of the episode, Spongebob keeps covering for Patrick and all of his idiotic nonsense, and he keeps taking the fall and taking the fall, and uh, Spongebob gets moved to the back of the class, and then Patrick hits him with spitballs. It's really gross, actually. And then uh, I just realized how much anyone who has ever been in a group project where no one is pulling their weight can identify with Spongebob here, where it's like, you you don't want to, like, get everyone in trouble, you don't want to be that guy, but you also don't want to do all the work yourself, you know? Yeah, especially when it's your friends, too. You don't want to, you don't want to ruin friendships, but at the same time, you just want to, like, take your friend and be like, could you do anything, please? Yep. And I do want to, uh, so class, class ends, right? Yeah. But Spongebob and Patrick are in, like, a detention and no, well, first they're in the hallway. Right. Oh yeah, they have a they have a fight. Yeah, right. The the fight happens first, and I want to drop this hashtag wrecked if you don't mind, because I think absolutely go for it. It just fills me with joy. So Patrick makes a dig at SpongeBob by their lockers about stupid stars. Well, SpongeBob loses a star too because of Patrick, and it's yeah. it's just a stupid star. And SpongeBob says, "It seems like you would care a lot about stupid stars, considering you are one." Wrecked. <laughs> oh Truly man, I think hashtag wrecked. I think it's our best one in the like six or seven episodes we've had since we started the segment. Yeah, 
It may be more it's than so that, clever. actually. It's, oh man, it's great. <laughs> Stupid stars. The setup is great, but it's not too obvious, and SpongeBob delivers it perfectly. Yeah, the timing on that one's wonderful. It definitely wasn't anything where, like, I was ready for the joke. Like, he threw that one down, right. and I was like, oh my god. I guess, as SpongeBob would say, it really is just in the timing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, because of that, they get in this fight where they're not really fighting because they're terrible. Mrs. Puff puts them in detention, and they keep talking about how much they hate one another, and then there's also uh, there's this egg with a light bulb over it, keeping it alive, and the light bulb goes out. His name's Roger. One of those, they're going to get brought back together moments. <laughs> yep, Exactly. Yeah, so the light bulb goes out, they immediately start panicking, they're like, okay, gotta hold out, gotta stay mad, gotta stay mad, and they immediately break, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I was mean to you, I'm sorry, I called you a stupid star, blah, they go back and forth, and Spongebob says, Patrick says, I'm sorry, blah, 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 and goes on and on and on, and Spongebob goes, I'm sorry, your apology is so long. <laughs> what does he say, is that the I'd hate you even if you were me, that's how much I hate you? No, no, that was during, that was before the... Right. The apology break happens after the light bulb, but I do like the I hate you so much even if you were me. Right. That's how much I hate you. <laughs> yeah, that's a brutal one. Right, that's from but, the, uh, when they're hating yeah, then, each other. Because Spongebob basically only has to apologize for calling up a stupid star, and Patrick has to apologize for... For a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry I got you in trouble and you lost your good noodle star, and that you got sent to yeah. back to class, and that you're here in detention, and... I'm sorry. Then they, you know, they drop it all. Patrick decides to go get a light bulb. And this is just a brilliant moment. Yes. He walks into this room, and there's just light bulbs, like boxes of them, piles of them. And he's like, light bulb! Why does it have to be so far away? And there's this light bulb, like, at the very top of this pile that's, like, plugged in, you know, that's lit right now. And I just love the idea that Patrick doesn't recognize it as a light bulb unless it's lit. Yeah, and there's this, like, in majestic Indiana Jones music playing as he climbs to the top of the... to the top of the thing. It's great. And so Spongebob and Patrick have this slow-motion moment, if you want to talk about it, Ashley, at the very end, once Patrick has secured the light bulb. Yeah, so they... They end up running into each other. Spongebob gets worried. He's, like, running with... Roger, Patrick's running with the light bulb, they collide, they fly off in opposite directions, and Spongebob's like, the light bulb, without it, it's light, Roger will die, and then Patrick yells, Roger, without him, the light bulb will have nothing to warn. <laughs> Classic inverse <laughs> joke. There's just, there's so many jokes that are just so brilliant. It's like, a laugh I, a minute, literally. I gotta hand it to the writers, so jam-packed one after the other but it doesn't get old you know they're they're new jokes every time it's yeah. not just it's not just let's say something random it's not just let's say stupid things it's it's stupid but done in such a smart fashion of doing it and then we have mrs puff who has been discreetly watching all of this unfold from behind her one-way chalkboard which i love <laughs> as a concept how would that even work it just it checked out don't worry <laughs> And she says, like, I'm glad you guys, like, I'll, I'll give you noodle stars for the day, and, like, blah, blah, you worked through your issues, and she says something about boating school, and Patrick says, boating school? I thought this was Spanish class, <laughs> and <laughs> starts laughing, and they, they exit, everyone's in a good mood, 
And then the chick hatches and in this like bizarrely human voice goes, what did I miss? Yeah, and it's, um, like, it's like a literal, it's not animated, right? It's like a right. live, like, chick is put in there. It kind of freaked I me out a little. I'm not finding that joke particularly funny. Yeah, it's fine. But I still don't know. It's cute. It was kind of like a, an off ending to what was an amazing episode for me, but not enough to bring it down as a whole. Right. I think it could have been better if, as they're walking away, SpongeBob could have been like, so how was your first day of boating school, Patrick? Boating school? I thought this was Spanish class. And then just end it right there, you know, like zoomed yeah. out on the uh, on the but, boating you know, school. Definitely not, not to bring down the overall greatness that is this episode. Oh, it's, Phenomenal. A, it's a top 20 episode for two. Maybe top 10, but that's pushing it. There are Definitely just so many good ones. Alright, when we get back, we'll get back to, as, as you know, our favorite show, Hey Arnold. <laughs> our next episode is from Hey Arnold. It's called New Teacher, and it's Season 2, Episode 1B. In this one, the class is told that their old teacher retired and that they have a replacement teacher, who's Mr. Simmons, who is the teacher for the rest of the show, as we find out later. But they, they have some issues along the ways with, with how they deal with him, and we'll get into it. Yeah, it's, a, it's another heartbreaking episode, as many Hey Arnold episodes are. Um, so the, the kids are so excited that their former teacher switched to be a professional golfer, which is awesome. And, uh, all the kids cheer, and she wasn't, like, a bad teacher or anything, but I do remember that kind of logic. Like, you hope the school burns down during a fire drill, because you somehow think, oh, I won't have to go to school. You know, it's kid logic. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're excited. They have this new teacher. But immediately, as soon as he gets in, they're immediately just punks. He comes in, he like starts talking about, it. he's like, I'm going to treat you all like individuals. I want to break free. Let's move the desks into one big circle, which I remember when like desks were moved into a circle, I was pretty excited as a kid. Me too. They aren't having any of it. They're just unresponsive, cynical children the moment he walks in. And in one of his first lessons, they do that pencil drop thing, which I've never seen in real life, luckily, aside from TV shows. But it's so sad when all the kids drop their pencils at the same time. It's so sad when all the kids drop their pencils at the same time and the the teacher knows that they're they're tuned out. They're not listening to anything they're saying. They're messing with him. They're getting in his head. And it's yeah. hard to watch. He he does take it, at least at the beginning. He's taking it really well. He's like, oh, the old pencil trick. I get it. New teacher. It's what you got to do. Not a big deal. And then they just keep, they keep pushing it. Uh, he says, you know, students should ever never stop asking why, and then they just, I think Harold starts shouting, like, why, why, why at him? Just like... Classic Harold. They're all just being awful, you know, doing all these classic substitute teacher, I guess, new teacher jokes, where, like, they pretend they have different names, and yeah. they keep just messing with him, and then Harold goes, and this one just got to me. Harold steals his lunch and eats his sandwich. Which he's been talking about. He's like, it's okay, just make it to lunch. I had my favorite sandwich. And, oh, and Harold eats it. And as he eats it, Mr. Simmons, he's like, you know, 
You could have asked for some sandwich. I would have given you half. Oh, he's too good for this cruel world. He really is, and he's, I mean, you know, you could argue, too, that he's not doing a great job of keeping these kids in line. He's but not. He's done nothing to deserve this. Right. I, like, And I think, I think that's honestly true of kids sometimes. Sometimes they are just terribly cruel for no yeah. good reason. You know, and they also have a ton of a big redemptive side, which we'll see. Um, and I like that Arnold sort of goes along with it. Like, he sees the moral dilemma, he's not thrilled about it, but he doesn't speak up, and it's a moment of Arnold not being this perfect protagonist. We see him being flawed and letting Mr. Simmons suffer, even though he knows it's wrong. And if Arnold said, hey guys, knock it off, that some people probably would. Yeah, and there is a moment that I remember specifically, at the end of the day, Mr. Simmons is just so distraught, he's you know, practically in tears over the way they treat him. And Arnold looks back at him in the doorway, sort of pauses, stares at him in a minute, and then keeps walking out the door. Oh. You do see this, where he has this dilemma, but he just doesn't deal with it for once. And I think it is per- that it's uh, important to see him as less than perfect sometimes. Right. Yeah, so then because they... of this, Mr. Simmons immediately quits being a teacher, and they get their new teacher... Mr. Goose, who's oh. actually like an old military sergeant. With bizarre teaching methods, <laughs> to say the least. He comes in and just starts immediately yelling at them. He's this big, burly guy, and they're all scared out of their minds. And the first te- the teaching method he tries is this like drone recitation of multiplication tables. They're going, one times two is two, two times three is six. And they're all saying it in perfect sad, like, machine-like rhythm. Um, and it's very, uh, disturbing. Yeah, he also, he keeps punishing the kids, you know. Um, he asks Curly what his name is, and he's like, your hair's not Curly, boy, what's your real name? And Paul's he's like, Thaddeus. <laughs> and then he calls him he Curly. He's really mad at him. Sends him to the corner. He sends a couple other to the corner, too. And I remember he, he goes up to, to uh, Stinky. Yeah. And he says, you, go in that other corner. For no, like, just out of nowhere. And Stinky's like, well, why? He responds with, symmetry. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. There's, like, no way that this kind of a guy would be brought into this this elementary school. But I guess... When you're that out of line, they thought they would bring them together, but obviously the kids realize, you know, maybe they should have been a little bit nicer to Mr. Simmons because of this. Mr. Simmons maybe was a, a bit of a better teacher. And they, they, yeah, they realize how, what they missed with Mr. Simmons, and they have my favorite line of the episode. Stinky says, he taught us to ask why. What an innovative form of teaching. And, which is great because it's, it's like the Socratic method. It's asking why, and it predates, you know, uh, the eight zero AD. <laughs> I just thought that was great and very subtle. Yeah, um, but, for you kids know, at least. They they do kind of realize they come to their and similarly to the rocket power moment where they swallow their pride, and they all decide to go to Mr. Simmons, and it's this really touching moment. They. They all sit in a circle in his front yard and they, you know, they tell poetry and 
Harold gives him this sandwich that he made to replace the one that he ate. And I thought that was, it was a big moment for him, you know? Uh-huh. And Mr. Simmons mentions that in in between the cheese and the ham is a, a little slice of love. So thank you, Harold. And it was just so delightful. And uh, the way they oust Mr. Goose is pretty great. They just lay him on with uh, a bunch of why questions, like, why are your pants ironed so nicely? Why do fools fall in love? <laughs> and similar ridiculous questions. He gets so overwhelmed that he storms out of the classroom. So they use methods Mr. Simmons taught them to get him back. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's one of those moments where you're you're just happy to see the things work out for him, and definitely for Mr. Simmons. You, you know, he's this new teacher. He's got all this hope in the world. It was crushed down, and it's good to see it revived back to him because, God, they, you know, he just he's just like one of those people that's so incredibly nice that anytime you see them really down in the world, you don't know how to handle it. Right. And they, uh... They end this episode in a really nice way, where instead of... So, Mr. Simmons becomes their teacher again, and instead of seeing a live montage of what they do, we just see, like, snapshots that they had clearly taken of them on a field trip. And it's so heartwarming and nice, and at the very end it zooms out to a board that says, Our class field trips, implying that there's going to be many more of them, and that he's going to fully engage them as learners, and not just, you know, make them memorize multiplication tables and recite them perfectly. Yeah, you definitely get this feel that they're in a, they're in a good place, and that they're happy with the teacher that they have. And Mr. Simmons is, you know, seen in other episodes too, and he's still remains this delightful teacher who is truly concerned with them as people, and it's it's just great to see. And I do think, too, it, it's uh, one of those things where you recognize how important it is, the teacher that you have, and how much you're going to respond to learning, and you can tell that the kids are engaged in it, which is just great to see. Totally. Another fantastic Hey Arnold episode to add to the many we've talked about on this show. Yeah. When we get back, we will have... Our trivia, our new trivia segment for the third time. We now bring you our Nick trivia segment, a segment where we ask each other trivia questions every week and we keep score to see who has the most correct. Right now we're tied one to one after a pretty uneventful first round where neither of us scored. Last week we both got each other's questions right. So, yep, so here we go. I'm, I'm starting out asking Casey this question and we're on Scouts Honor, no Googling, no cheating. We're, we're just doing it from the best of our knowledge. And this is a Hey Arnold related question. My question for you is, what is Mr. Simmons' first name? Oh. This only shows up in one episode. Oh. Here, I'm being terrible, but maybe you know it. Is it A, John, B, Robert, C, James, or D, Mark? You know, I'm going to have to go with my gut quickly right away because I feel like I have it. I'm pretty sure it's John A. That's your final answer? That is my final answer. That is... Incorrect. It's uh, Robert. Robert, really? He doesn't look yeah, like a Robert. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird too, but I thought maybe because if you search Mr. Simmons, 
the first thing that pulls it up is Mr. Robert Simmons. I thought maybe you would have done that at some point in your life. I have not, apparently. But Brutal. that's all good. That's all good. So now the score is still 1-1. One to one. Ashley has the chance to take the lead 2-1 to one if she can get this question right. Mine is also Hey Arnold themed. Hey Arnold creator Craig Bartlett has said that the fictional city of Hillwood, where the show takes place, is a combination of three major cities that he loves. Which one of these is not one of the three cities? So again, three of these will be the cities that Hillwood is based off, one will not be. Is right. it A, Brooklyn, B, Chicago, C, Portland, or D, Seattle? I'm gonna go B, Chicago. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. It's major cities, okay? All right. B, Chicago is correct. <laughs> I actually knew that one. Oh, I was hoping Brooklyn would throw you off, because that's what he you was know, quoted as saying. I, uh, I've done pretty extensive Craig Bartlett research in my life. I was <laughs> obsessed with Hey Arnold for a while, looked into all of his things, into the creation of the show. I actually knew... <laughs> Not off of my head, I didn't remember all three, but I was confident Seattle was one of them, and I knew Chicago wasn't. Yeah, he's from Seattle. Yeah, the the reason I thought you might include Chicago, it's because Brooklyn, most people don't think of it as a big city, but it totally is. You know, it's a, a part of one. And Chicago, there's Quigley Stadium in... Uh, that's the baseball field in Hillwood, so I thought maybe you'd think that was a Wrigley Field nod. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely valid, and, you know, it does have an urban feel, and it's not exactly any city, but I, I did remember, again, I, I was pretty obsessive with the show, and Craig Bartlett himself read interviews by him. We don't need to get into it, but I <laughs> I actually knew that one. And it does have a very New York feel. I don't really see the East, the the West stuff as much, but it must be there. I, granted, I've never been... Oh, man, so you take the lead two to one. Check in next time for our fourth round of trivia. Where I will get even further in the lead. Next up, we'll have our fun fact, our Twitter poll, and a preview of next week. Themes specifically about Mrs. Puff and Mrs. Puff's voice actress Mary Jo Catlett also played Mrs. Applebaum, a teacher from That's So Raven, which I thought was appropriate for our you know back to school themed episode, bringing in another teacher that she's you know been a part of. Talk about typecast, am I right? <laughs> anyway, our Twitter poll for the week is: Who would you most like to have as a teacher? Mr. B from Rocket Power, a.k.a. Conroy, Mrs. Puff from Spongebob, or Mr. Simmons from, uh, Hey Arnold. And if you'd want to have Mr. Goose, tweet that at us. We won't put him as an option, but if you're one of the crazies, just give us a tweet. <laughs> yeah. And that's, again, uh, follow us on our Twitter. It's at FNN underscore podcast. That's where you'll find all of our Twitter polls, lets you know when all of our episodes are up, and... Feel free to tweet at us anything at all. Maybe we'll read it on the show sometime. Anyways, next week we're going to be talking about unaired episodes, and this includes episodes that were either very briefly aired, I think one of them was, but most of them were never even shown on Nickelodeon whatsoever, uh, based on three different Nicktoons. Really interesting stuff in those. 
And real quick before we go, I want to give a shout out to the Sunster at X Sunny Eclipse, and she says at FNN Podcast, I've been catching up on your podcast and I love it. Also, thanks for talking about Cat Scratch. That was my favorite Nicktoon, and I just love that of all the shows we've talked about, Cat Scratch, which we've now talked about twice, uh, twice as many times as it has seasons. Uh, and that someone enjoyed that. So thanks for tweeting at us. Hope you're still listening to the show and got to hear this shout out. And, uh, we'll definitely do more cat scratch in the future. That's definitely a, uh, obscure, obscure favorite of mine. Yeah, definitely a shame that that one was only one season. More of a shame than maybe, I don't know, preschool days that maybe some, some Twitter followers seem to think should have had more, but I don't know. Why? Why preschool days? We're, we're never going to shut up about it. Alright, well, all that being said, that wraps up our 15th episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you later.